It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, Digital Sports Thomas Center. Joined by Chad Brennan from Bearcat Journal. We're going to talk some, uh, some UC basketball and UC coming off the bye, getting ready to take on Temple on the road on Saturday. We'll, uh, we'll preview that game a little bit. Let's talk first about basketball, Chad. Um, 85-84, the Black beat the Red uh, a night ago. We're doing this on Friday morning, a night ago at Princeton High School in the Red-Black scrimmage. Uh, at the very least, it sounds like it was an exciting game for the fans. Yeah, I mean, it was it was up and down. You got, a, I think, a real good look at, uh, at what this team is kind of going to be this year. Um, I think a lot of people are probably incredibly excited about freshman Logan Johnson. Um, and if I had one big takeaway between this – and I was also able to uh, – I sat up in the uh, in the, the ceiling and watched the scrimmage, the closed scrimmage last Friday. And uh, I, I, say, I would say my biggest takeaway is offens- offensively, Trey Scott looks like he's ready to fill in for Gary Clark. And I think that's been the biggest question everybody's had this offseason. Yeah, 21 points, 10 rebounds. He played on the same team last night with, with Jaron Cumberland and went for 25 points and had actually 11 assists. And you're right. I mean, that, that was the part. We know Jaron Cumberland's going to score, right? You know Kane Broom is probably going to take a little step forward in scoring because he was a scorer in the past. Who's going to be that extra scorer? And, and, and certainly that's a great step for last night. Yeah, I mean, Trey's showing a mid-range jump shot. Uh, he's doing a nice job where he, he's turning and facing from about 15 feet and able to straight line drive one or two dribbles and get the ball in the basket, you know he's going to rebound. He actually, I believe he had the highest permanent rebound rate on the team last year. And I thought Trey really played well the last seven or eight games of last year. Um, Didn't get talked about much because of Gary Clark and Kyle Washington, but he started to come on, and he's carried that over. Um, I think the good thing about that also is Jaron Cumberland and Kane Broom are pretty quiet guys. And so is Justin Jennifer, for that matter, really. You need somebody in that locker room that's making an impact on the court to kind of be the voice of the locker room. This is his fourth year in the program, and Trey Scott has kind of become that guy. So to see him back that up by playing well in both of these scrimmages is definitely a positive sign. Cain uh, Broom had ups and downs last year. We talked about that ad nauseum on, on, the, uh, on the basketball podcast we do. Um, what, what did you make out of what he did last night? Was that just style of game? Because it's still, you know, you get in scrimmages, it's, all, it's obviously a lot more free flow than what you would uh, get even in an exhibition game and, and certainly in a regular season game. Or is it a sign of maybe he is going to take the next step and, and become not the score he was at the school he was right. at previously, but become a better scorer? Well, I, I think Mick Cronin has alluded multiple times to he's going to use Kane a lot differently and that, you know, we're not going to see him play a lot of point guard. And I think that's good for him because I, I think he's a scoring combo guard much more than he's a straight bring the ball up the floor and initiate offense point guard. Now, last year that's what you needed because you had Evans and Cumberland and Clark and Washington. You had four, you know, competent guys. You needed somebody to distribute. Now he's got to score. You've got to have somebody to play on the, the wing on the perimeter next to Jaron Cumberland that can put the ball in the basket. I think you're going to see a lot of him, almost predominantly most of him at the two guard this year, which um, I think that just suits his game a lot better than, you know, trying to be uh, a facilitator as a point guard. Niger Brooks went for 17 and 15. What, what do you make of that? And, and um, you're not getting that from him when the regular season starts, but right. uh, what, what do you make of at least that performance? 
Um, I think the biggest thing with Brooks is he's got to get enough reps to where he slows down offensively. Um, he can get sped up a little bit, especially when he gets the ball on the block. He, he tries to get it up there as quick as possible. When he takes his time, he's actually got really good touch around the rim, uh, and that's what you saw him do last night. We haven't seen him be that type of a, a, a factor on the glass before. I think that's, you know, probably my biggest takeaway. Now, as a caveat, L.E.L. Sasemi was in foul trouble most of the night. So he had a smaller guy on him a lot right. of the time. So, so the confidence advantage goes way up. Yeah, and at that point, when you've got a power forward on you for, you know, 30 minutes, you better dominate. And he did. So that's a good sign. I, I You know, I think with Nas, it's probably going to be one of those things, especially early in the year where he has some games where he's really good and then some games where, you know, maybe he doesn't have the impact you think he should. But if he can use that to build some confidence, I think you'll see throughout the season he becomes more of a factor. Uh, you see next plays, uh, I guess, exhibition-wise. They, they play November 1st in uh, no. Tusculum. Incorrect. Uh, it, it, it is incorrect. What do they got next? Next they have a super-secret scrimmage. Okay, well, super-secret scrimmage. This is one – I should say there's a public exhibition game yes. on November the 1st. I love the, the super-secret super, scrimmages. Super-secret scrimmage should be a good one. It's against Notre Dame at Banker's Life. That is a good one, then. And Imagine if they sold tickets and people could see it. Correct. But How awesome super, would that be? Super-secret where no one can get in to watch. So between now and then that, I guess, the super-secret scrimmage and then the exhibition game open to the public November the 1st against Tusculum, um, what steps does this team need to take as it, as it works its way towards the regular season? I think the biggest thing for me, and I've started to see it more, is consistency. Um, On which side? Know, both? Both. Uh, both. In terms of effort level and performance, you know, in practice. I think that for this team is the next step because – Leading up to about the midway point of last week, you still had some days where they looked really good, and you think, man, this this team's got a shot to be pretty solid. And then some days where you walk out and you think, ooh, there's a lot of work to do. Uh, And I think last Wednesday or Thursday or so, all the way through last night, the practices I've been at and the reports I've got from the practices I haven't been at is that consistency every day is starting to get there. Um, and that's going to happen when you have a bunch of new people in new roles. I think that's expected. But you do want to see by about, you know, your third, fourth week of practice that you're you're stringing together good days. And right. I think they're doing that now, um, at least they have over the past week plus. And I think for this team, that is that that sign that they're they're getting closer to being ready for the season. And let's face it, it's got to be because they start with Ohio State. Right. Um, and then you go down to, to Destin for a, you know, a, a George Mason is supposed to be one of the better teams in the A-10. And then you're going to have either Baylor or Ole Miss. And then you know, or December is a bear because you've got Xavier. You've got uh, UCLA. You've got Mississippi State. You've got a tricky game against NKU sandwiched between right. a trip to UNLV and then the Crosstown shootout. You know, that, that December slate for them, is, is going to determine, you know, are they in a good position to make their ninth straight NCAA tournament as they get into the AAC? Speaking of the AAC, uh, earlier in the week was AAC Media Day, um, and the coaches' preseason poll was out. 
the UCF picked to win it. They got six first place votes. UC was picked second, got three first place votes. But you you can see kind of in the voting, um, there, there's not a lot of um, not a lot of consensus among all of that stuff. Do you think that that for the most part the coaches got it right? Um, is Johnny Dawkins still the coach at UCF? <laughs> They, they 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 still can beat you forty nine forty three. How many times? I mean, the, the well runs dry on that, right? We've seen that. We 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 we've seen that story. We like at, we know how that places. story goes. Yeah, at other places. I I, I mean, I, I you have to give credit to their talent because BJ Taylor is really good. Preseason player of the year. Preseason player of the year. I, I don't think he ends up player of the year. Um, but preseason player of the year. You've got Taco Fall, who's apparently grew. He's now seven foot seven. That's insane. Um, and you've got they put lifts in his shoes, dude. Yeah, and then you've got Aubrey Dawkins, who's Johnny Dawkins' son, who is supposed to be. If he's as advertised, they have a chance to win the league because what they haven't had is that that wing scoring weapon. threat. That, yeah, that, yeah, that extra weapon. Um, but I mean, if I personally, my. AAC poll would go one Houston, two Cincinnati, three UCF. Um, and then from four through eight, the league is really interesting this year. Yeah, Wichita is eight, Memphis is four. Yeah, I mean, you know, Memphis brings back their entire team. We don't know if Penny Hardaway can coach yet, but Jeremiah Martin very well could be the player of the year in this league. And he, was, he was first team, right? First, first team, first yeah. Yeah. And they've got some good pieces around him. Um, they're dangerous. I think people are sleeping on UConn a little bit um, because they've got talent. I mean, you've got Christian Vital, You've got Jalen Adams for his 14th year as a Husky. Um, Altari Gilbert, if he's healthy, is a, is a good player. So you you think the coaching change will help, do you? I, I believe I believe that is an upgrade. Okay. I, it could be biased. I, I'm friends I, with Danny I, Hurley. I know. I I know you could be biased, and and I mean you were such a supporter of Kevin Ollie. I mean, I, you I, were the one that you were the one I mean, that kept talking to Rick and I off the ledge of of what kind of coach he was. And he did win a ring. Very disappointed with that, right? He did win a ring. Yeah, correct. You know, so you have to respect guys that win a ring until they crap the bed four years in a row, exactly. um, and cheating while crapping the bed. So it wasn't a good look, but it, I think they're dangerous. Um, you know, Wichita, man, I can't – I know why Wichita State is in. It was nine guys. Right. And a couple of those guys were really, really good. Yeah, no question. I can't believe they finished. I can't believe I, – No, I but, but, but I think – I guess the overriding question is, is there's not that one or two teams right, right now on paper you go, holy cow, um, like Wichita and UC or like SMU and UC. And the other good part, I think, is is there is depth in the middle. Maybe still not at the bottom, but there is at least depth in the middle to where it's going to be tougher, but it's also not going to, to ding you if you lose, and it's going to help you if you win. Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, getting Memphis and UConn back to life is what this league, we've talked about it. Absolutely. For years. Getting them back to life. Now you've got Wichita. You've got Houston that is is seemingly ready to take that next step. You've mm-hmm. got Cincinnati that's going to be – Consistently there. Consistently there. Um, Now you're talking about five, six, seven teams that it might not be this year quite yet, but going forward, you're looking at five, six, seven teams that are going to be NCAA tournament quality teams. And that's the difference because last year there was three and the year before there was two. Two. Right. And if you're going to be a major player, 
you got to double that. I mean, and, plus, I, 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 and I hate to bring this part up, but as, as a fan, even it, it's just it's not fun. It's not fun when you. It's fun when you own a league when it's a good league. I don't know if it's fun when you're owning games that that aren't that you just know going in. This is this is roll out the ball, let's go. It, it's it's not for a fan. It might be for a coach. It might be for a player. I don't think that's fun for a fan. I think this makes it more fun. The more competitive, the more fun. Yeah, and we did, I didn't even mention Tulsa. Right. He's got a kid in nice. Sterling Kaplan that's really really good. Um. I'll, I might lay off the Tulane wagon this year. They lost two guys that were that were that were pretty good. I'm, I'm not might not be on the Mike Dunleavy train I'll, this I'll, season. I'll, I'll wait till we start doing doing uh, stuff in January. <laughs> play, and you tell me how good their offense is, okay? I mean, their offense was good. Their, their defense was good. wasn't very good. No, um, but I mean, it, you know, it's just a situation where when you look at the league one through eight, one through nine, you feel a lot better about things. Now, yes. you know, ECU still stinks. And South Florida, not good. Um, but even but that, those two should be marked a little bit better than they have been the past couple of years. Right. But but look, you give me three clunkers at the bottom, and you give me one through eight, nine-ish that are going to compete, you're going to have yourself a good league. Yeah, and, and the way that Cincinnati's schedule plays out is very interesting. Because the first five games are about as soft as you can get. And then the last 13 games are all against those nine teams, the eight teams that I was just talking right, about that are right. going to be competitive. You don't get a breather that last six weeks of the regular season. They're yeah, going to have to go out and win some games, including right. road games. And, and that can be a cumulative effect. That's where you do if, – if you're, if you're hoping the schedule comes out right when the conference schedule comes out in the middle of whatever grind. Because if you're in a good league, there's going to be a stretch where you go, holy cow, not, not those five in a row. You want right. something to break that up. You hope something breaks that up. Yeah, and you never know. I mean, the injuries and whatever, you could right. end up with, you know, a game that, that you're more likely to win than not. But, I mean, you're talking, I think those last 13 games, pretty much all of them are going to be, you know, heavily contested. And, and trips to Wichita State and trips to Houston and UConn and Memphis. And, you know, that that's – this team is going to gonna have some time to figure themselves out in November after Ohio State. But, boy, from December through the rest of the season, they're going to be tested on a regular basis. And that's where I think you get that that fear in your head a little bit. Are they ready to replace Gary and Jacob and Kyle uh, on a consistent twice-a-week basis and not have those letdowns uh, and not have, you know, if you have a game where Jaron Cumberland isn't fantastic, can you still win that game? And that's going to be their challenge as we go through the season. Let's talk uh, talk football. I mean, usually this time of year we're, we've already kind of turned the page, at least of recent vintage uh, for UC football, but but not now. Um, coming off the bye week, uh, road test at, at, at a Temple team that started 0-2. One of those losses was to, to Villanova that made you go, oh, my. Um, but they've, they've kind of righted the ship, got a nice win at Maryland to, to break the ice. They've won four of their last five games. Um, the, the thing that's interesting, UC comes in 20th ranked, um, as an as an underdog here, and now with a little target on their back, um, I, I think that's the thing to me is how do they play in a road game with a team that's playing better with a target on your back, and, and they have that target now being ranked 20s in the country. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing is being the underdog, Luke gets a little juice, like, you know, it gets sure. a little ammo. Um, you know, hey, we're ranked 20th in the country, and we're still and yet, underdogs. And yet we're, yeah, we're still underdogs, right. So I think you can help keep out some of that complacency with that, just that alone. You know, you guys think you're hot stuff. Well, Vegas still thinks you're going to lose, you know. Um, 
Temple's interesting because the first two games were as bad as it gets. They, then, they, then they switch quarterbacks, and now they've got a freshman quarterback that has kind of been the spark. And, it, it, you know, you wonder if they didn't pull the trigger on the second drive at UCLA and waited a little bit, is this, you know, are we talking about UC in the same situation where it, maybe Des Ritter doesn't take over until the third game? You know, you, you look at the parallels and think, you know, that, that could have been where UC was. Maybe, if, right. If they had stuck with Hayden Moore a little bit longer. Um, so, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is Temple defensively, their strength is their secondary. Well, we've seen Cincinnati be able to win without throwing a whole bunch. Correct. This might be the Mike Warren show. Um well, and, 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 and maybe get a little more Tavion Thomas the way he's starting to play. Yeah, I think the biggest concern with him is ball security. Um, right. he, he puts it on the deck a little bit too much, but, man, he's a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> he's the guy that, honestly, if he does figure out the whole ball security thing, you turn to him, and as much as Mike Warren can pound you for four quarters, maybe the fourth quarter becomes Tavion Thomas, and you say, you know what, big fella, you're fresh. They're not go. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. I was the, the, um, the, the Tulane game was standing down on the sideline with somebody taking pictures, and they looked at me after a play, and they said, my God, he's as big as their defensive tackle. I was like, yeah. yeah he's, he's a monster. <laughs> he's, he's a giant human being that should not be able to, like, the, the thing about him is you, you got a glimpse of it against Tulane as well. Everybody thinks of him as a power guy. In that fourth quarter, there was a little crease that opened up. And he popped it. And he popped it for that 25-yard touchdown where he just ran past everybody. Yep. And then it's like, oh, he's got speed, too. This is not fair. No, no. I, 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 I'd love to see a little more of him. And I, and I get, you know, you've got to trust. I mean, as a coach, you've got to be able to trust, and you've got to earn that trust as a player. But, boy, I think as a, as a one-two punch. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, look, coming off the bye, obviously, uh, Mike's got, got, a, got some rest, so you can maybe turn to him in a, in a key game like this and give him the ball you know, 25, 28, 30 times. You obviously, we talked about that earlier. You can't do that all year, and you can't do right. that four, five, six games in a row. Um, but that's where maybe Tavion Thomas, it may not be this game, but as the season continues to, to progress, he does fill that role of the 8, 10, 12 late-game carry guy. Yeah, I think he's getting there. And I think the more he works, the more they're getting comfortable with him. Um, and, and what he puts on tape is undeniable. I mean, he, he just carries people. They, they they jump on his back and go for a ride for an extra four or five yards, it seems like, every play. And that's that's one of the really positive things about this offense. Uh, Mike Warren has rushed 150 times this year. He's been stopped behind the line of scrimmage three times. That's crazy. That's just crazy. And, and Tavion Thomas is very similar. He does not get hit, you know. He gets hit behind the line of scrimmage. He does not go down behind the line of scrimmage. So you're always moving – forward you're not you know they haven't taken a lot of sacks Des Ritter hasn't taken a bunch of sacks and they're not getting tackled for loss so you're staying ahead of the change you're looking at second and six third and, and not, three and, and that's where you're not forcing Des Ritter to throw third and nine passes into tight windows a lot of times right and, and you want to throw it right and when you throw it it's third and three and he gets a completion to Josiah DeGuara and they move the chains and they keep going down the field I, that's just that's been the biggest difference if you remember the last two years you could count for three days, third and 10, third and seven, third and 14. Um, they're just not getting themselves in trouble like that this year. Yep. And it, and, and, it, and it's shown in, in the fact of, of what they've done offensively. 
Uh, defensively, and you mentioned Temple changing quarterbacks, and, and they've thrown the ball uh, pretty well since in the last three games especially, 261 yards, 297, 300 yards against against Navy. But this is also – you talked about the strength being Temple secondary, um, but this is also UC pass defense. It's not given up 200 yards in a game yet, and it's not like they face teams that haven't thrown it. Um, UCLA threw it 37 times. Miami threw it 41 times. Um, Alabama and monsoon. Yeah, it, it, right, exactly. Right, but but you look at the pass how, attempts. How, that, he's got to be done, right? Uh, they're three and one in the MAC. He threw it forty-one times in a hurricane. I I, I fully understand. They also only rushed it for fifty-nine yards on nineteen attempts, too. Yeah, so <laughs> got to do what you got to do. But no, I, I think the point is though. Um, I mean, this UC pass defense hasn't given up a two hundred yard game yet, and in today's college football, I don't care if it's Tulane and UConn and Alabama A and M and Miami in a monsoon. That's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean. It, they're number one in the nation in pass efficiency, pass efficiency defense. Yep. And you don't do that by accident. I, I, the changes that he made in that secondary, I've never seen a team go from as bad as you could possibly imagine in pass defense to what this team is doing right now. Almost it's, dominant. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. And you got to credit the new guys in the secondary – James Wiggins and Derek Forrest in the back end, Kobe Bryant um, and and Cam Jeffries and, and Tyrell Gilbert on the outside. The move to Brian Wright, uh, a middle linebacker from defensive end, I think has been a huge part of this. And then you have the one – they have the one thing in stopping quarterbacks that is invaluable in football these days. Everybody talks about edge rush, and I agree, edge rush is a big deal. I don't. I, it's funny you say that, I, especially, and, I, and I, as you know, covering the NFL, uh, everybody, I, I think you need to get pressure right up the quarterback's lap. And that is exactly where they do it. Those yep. two guys are all first-team all-conference type guys in Cortez Broughton and Marquise Copeland. Quarterbacks are not getting set in the pocket, and they're not able to get their feet set and, and work and wait for a guy to break open because one of those two guys is constantly pushing somebody back into where they want to stand. And, and that's been the, by far, I think the biggest reason this defense has been so much improved is those two guys are playing at their highest level uh, and doing it every snap. Uh, again, UC is an underdog. Do you, do you feel good about them going to Temple and winning? Or are you still apprehensive? I'm apprehensive because they've never played well up there. Even the times they've gone up there and won, it's you're in an NFL stadium. Nobody in Philly cares about Temple. It's really hard, and it's a noon game now. This is and, and, and in the last handful of years. I mean, Temple, you know, decade fifteen years ago was just dreadful, and then right. dreadful for their, a period of time. Their but defense been has been really good yeah, for the past yeah. five six years. Absolutely, yeah, no question. So I, I'm apprehensive a little bit, but I think this team just has a little something different. I think they've they, – it's weird, Skinny, because you, you think about when you're rebuilding, there's different steps. And they skipped a step. Correct. They skipped that learning how to win. Like, get, you know, because last year and the year before, they got blown out a ton. Like, games weren't close. Usually you think of getting into close games as being the next step, and then you start winning some close games. And then you become really good. They've won all the close games. Now, hopefully that magic continues. But I just this team feels different. It feels like you know I don't I don't feel like they're going undefeated and you know sure, claim I, yeah. their own national championship. 
But, but, there's not, but there's not a game or two or three you go, ah, not, not really a chance there. Is it, nah, yeah. I don't, yeah. You, I mean, again, I mean there's well, one I'm, I'm, you feel like chances are probably not great. Correct, but. But the rest, they can win. And, and I think this is another one that I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be their, their toughest test yet. Uh, I think we really do get a, a look inside of how good Desmond Ritter is right now. I think we all feel pretty confident that he's going to be good long-term. How good is he right now? Is he is he ready to go in uh, to Temple and, and win this game for him in the fourth quarter if need be? But I, I just feel good about this team against an opponent whose strength is pass defense and not run defense. Yes. And, and They're giving up a lot of yards just, per carry, yeah. For, for, for also a team that wants to throw the football, wants does to throw. throw the football, right. and you've been good against the pass. And there's a chance that their number one running back is out again. He missed yeah, the game think, against think, Navy. You know, they don't have their best back. They're going to have to rely on throwing it a little bit more with a freshman quarterback against a really good defense. I ride Mike Warren in that defense, and I think the Bearcats win. I think my predicted score, and this is this is high for the Cincinnati defense. I'm, I, I went 31-28. Hang on. I just, I just literally did it on the thing I'm getting ready to put up. I went 27-21. Okay. We're not too far off. Nope. So I, I think they have a good day in Philly. And uh, if you're listening, you can come join me. I'll be at Task Brew Porium. We got a, we got sponsors this year, Skinny. I, I know. I, I, you had a, you had a live podcast uh, uh, week last weekend Saturday, with Tony last, Pike. Last, yeah. yeah, with Tony Pike, and uh, sound like from what I heard, it went pretty doggone well. So uh, and we got out. gear too. We got, got, gear, we got Bearcat Journal gear. Bearcat Journal gear from Five One Three Shirts dot com. One of Very our new nice. partners. Very nice. What time will you be there? From when to when? Just during the whole uh, game. We'll be there probably about 11.30 we'll get there, and we'll be there for the entire game, Taft's Brewporium. Have you been? I, I, I drove by it the other day, as a matter of fact. Went, that looks like a pretty cool place, and I heard you were doing the podcast there. Really, really cool place. Great pizza, and their beer cheese is so good, I, w- I want to drink it. <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe you can have a drinking contest with the beer cheese with somebody, maybe at halftime on Saturday. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already round enough. I don't need to be drinking beer cheese. <laughs> Right, but I want that. a good point. Probably <laughs> a very good point. Hey, just a reminder, we will be starting our, our regular college basketball podcast with Chad and, and Rick Boring on Sunday, uh, November the ter- November the fourth. We will continue it on on. We'll put it do it Sundays, drop it Mondays. Other than a handful of Bengals road games that I will not make it back from, and then we'll we'll start every single Sunday coming uh, coming in January. So looking forward to uh, to that once again. We we, uh, we get you two in the house. You don't trust the two of us to podcast without well, you moderating. I, you know I, I guess I could let you guys do that. That's a good point. I may. I, it's up to you guys. I think I you could probably probably have you guys do that. You don't think we'd kill each other? Um, I I I don't because you guys have at least you you've made it this far in life without killing each other. I don't think you'll do it now, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you're you're doing a weekly show with him now. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's that's, we'll, we'll, we'll see at the point where I reach across the table and slap him upside the head. We'll see, how, <laughs> uh, see how that comes. <laughs> oh, he's a lot uh, younger, man. He's a lot younger. That's all I know. Yeah, he'd probably whip you though. Probably would. He'd you do have old. Would. You do have old man strength. I got old man. Days. I got old man sneakiness. Is what I got. Right, sneaky, deceptively athletic. You just never know if I'm even carrying a shiv. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're always carrying a deuce deuce, but maybe it's shiv. It, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, by the time we uh, we talk again, uh, maybe UC continues his football role, and we'll talk actually after the uh, the first open exhibition game and we'll also maybe find out i'm going to guess you might find out how things went in the super secret scrimmage chad i appreciate it as always man hey the grand reopening of fifth third arena november 1st november 1st should yep. be a lot All of right. fun All cool. right, buddy. Thanks, Thank man. You. Talk to you soon. chad brando for bearcat journal this has been the skinny podcast presented by joseph infinity of cincinnati